0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm very excited today to be with Excuse My Grandma. Now, I've already been on their podcast, but they are amazing i couldn't wait wait to share their story with you they have 11.2 million likes on tiktok which i can see why it's hilarious they had co-host excuse my grandmother age i mean kim is 26 gail is 80 it's actually a wonderful thing to see i can absolutely see why this has become so popular because it's so much fun. You've been featured on Rachel Ray Show, Atlantic, Spotlight Magazine, uh, The Daily Front Row, Elite Daily, BuzzFeed, so many more. I mean, welcome. Thanks for
1: having us. Thank you. Gail and
0: Kim, thank you for joining me. It's so exciting. Now, when I came onto your podcast, I wasn't sure what to expect, but this was brilliant. I love it. So it's about Grandma Gail, who is 80. And Kim, her granddaughter, who is twenty six who during the pandemic, decided to move in with one another, which most people would think would be a nightmare, but actually, it's turned into something so much more, and you've become sort of this amazing cult phenomenon of people like just loving your story because if I lived with my grandmother, she'd be telling me off left left and right i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't I wouldn't know whether I was coming or going, and you two seem to have the best time. So tell me, you do. (laughs) do. I know I can see. Yeah, we do.
1: But also Caroline, like a hundred percent, she's telling me what to do about everything. But you turned
2: it off. You have a mechanism in your ear (laughs) that sort of automatically is a turn off.
1: I think it's subconsciously always there and giving me anxiety, but it's also very helpful.
0: But I love it because it's sort of, it's done with such humor. West, I mean, you know, I genuinely was told off by my grandmother. My, I I think I said this to you, my grandmother's view, if if, um, a man didn't come pick me up at the door, then I shouldn't go out with him. If a man doesn't pay, then he's not worth it. If a man isn't banging the door down and sending you, you know, flowers every day, then he's the wrong man. And I'm trying to tell, you know, my grandmother at this point that if I waited for all that, I would never, ever leave my house. However, you have taken a completely, well, obviously during the pandemic, you were stuck at home. So I presume this is how it all ensued. So your grandmother became your dating guru. You went on this journey together. So explain exactly what happened because it just makes me how.
1: Okay. So yes, I live in New York city and my grandma's between New York and Palm beach. And so I went down to Florida just to escape the city, uh, really in the heart of COVID. And I, and you were working, was working remotely from there as well. And I still, obviously I was newly single. So I wanted to be going on dates safely outside and all of that in the beginning. And then eventually not. And Then basically, every time I would come back, Grandma Gail would want to debrief with me on all my dates. She would be picking out my outfits saying, oh, you're wearing that. Put this on instead and kind of wanting to know everything about the guys. And although at first I was like, "Okay, it's a little much. I think that I was
2: we started laughing about.
1: Yeah, like we we saw the humor in all the generational differences of dating that in the 1950s and 60s was just not a thing. There was no ghosting. There was no sliding into the DMs. So I kind of had to explain a lot of that to her. And in turn, I got a lot of good advice, I would say. Or advice. But yeah. I'm not sure how good it was. Yeah. But where is like, I mean, so first of all, lo-
0: lots of questions what did your friends think of this? I mean, most 26 year olds and actually, you know, divorce, not dead. I just want to put it out there because I've got my listeners are getting younger and younger. And it really is for everyone just to learn to live their best life. And whether you are dating at 26 or 36, you're really going through the same stuff. But, you know, when you decided to move in with your grandmother, your grandmother moved in with you. What did your parents say? What did your friends say? Because most 26 year olds want to live with another 26 year old.
1: Yeah. Well, I think part of it, my parents were also there, but they were in a separate apartment, but they also went down to Florida. And for me, kind of Caroline, what you were saying with your grandma being like ticked off by everything, I could get like that with my parents. But I think sometimes with grandparents, there's like a generation removed. So it doesn't feel as like they are coming from a judgmental place, maybe. They're coming from a more of a loving critique. Uh, it's more. Place. It's a little more critique, but yours is a little more loving critique. Yeah, I was it's
2: also. I, I must say, this was particular to COVID. Uh, there has never been an incident, I don't think, in our, certainly in my life, and that's 80 years, where we lived under these conditions. We were literally locked mm-hmm. down and there was no intercourse between people. I mean, you but, didn't go to a restaurant, you didn't go in New York. In I know. Preface that. No, in no, no. But City.
1: also that was what started it. But I have spent the last three winters with you. Well,
2: now we have a business. So yeah. yeah, now yeah. You, what are you going to do? You, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I am
1: like, I mean, I am electing to still stay with you versus. Stay <laughs> <So here. sad. laughs> um, I don't know. It's fine. when I'm in New York, I live alone. So it's not 100 percent of the time. And yeah. I think my friends kind of just thought it was like a fun. I mean, they know Grandma Gail and they know our dynamic and they like didn't really blink an eye, I guess.
0: Do you consider the business is the podcast? We've started another business together as well.
1: So we're also on TikTok and Instagram. I've seen that. Um, under Excuse My <laughs> Grandma. And similar to you, Caroline, we work with like a lot of big brands and have kind of gone into the influencer space, I guess, Grandfluencer. And so uh, we've I've been able to make it my full time job. And, and make it profitable. Yeah, and make it profitable so we can kind of like be together all the time and, and need to be working um, in the same place.
0: So so as much as she gives you the advice and everything else, I mean, how does this go down when you go on a date? Like, hi, you know, I'm 26 and I live with my grandmother.
1: Not really, because I don't know. I think as soon as I explain to them the situation of us having well, our... The, you
0: know, the pandemic's ended, right? <laughs> it's ended. So there's no situation. You chose this.
1: Yes, you're right. You're right. There is no forced situation here. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't like no guys have really thought it was weird. And I think that like they know that it's not all year round that I live with her and that it's really just in those winter months when we're in Palm Beach, because then she comes back to New York City with and has her own place here. So I don't know, guys, Like I think it's
2: they you know it's a business at this point. You know, yeah. You're not living there as a vacation or as a an escape from a pandemic. Right. You're right. Basically right. doing this for business. I yeah. Think. Or
1: like our, you know, our creative outlet is having these discussions and creating videos together. So I think if it was just like I didn't have that aspect and I was just saying, I live with grandma, they would probably think Be that was strange. weird. I mean, the same way you would say, like, why is a guy living with a roommate or why is the guy living with his parents? It's like the same thing, The same thing.
0: And the same time. So you know, I mean, obviously you must miss each other then in the months that you don't live with each other. But at the same no, we time, we don't miss each other. <laughs> oh, you don't miss each
1: other. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Um. No, we we're always on the same schedule now yeah. because and we live
2: in the same areas. Yeah. So it's not, you know, she lives in Stown and Nomad and I live uptown. We're not living in different countries. So we meet for lunch or we would meet for, for to go to theater like we did last night. So, I mean, it's it's we're still relatively close by, Uh. but we both have our own lives naturally and certainly Kimmy. The yes.
0: longest we've probably spent apart,
1: I want to say it's probably like three weeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And um, Grandma Gail, so like what does your daughter think of this? Like because are you, you must. Are she you loves, mean, it. loves it. She loves so there's it. No,
2: there's no jealousy, there's no jealousy. Uh, at all in this relationship. <laughs> she doesn't want any part of being on a podcast. And she loves that Kimmy is doing her dream, which is a, a reality type of life mm-hmm. um, where she puts her ideas out and she's talking about things that are important to people her age or even older. And um, she's very supportive, as is her father and her brother and her grandfather. So everybody and both sets of grandparents, everybody is sort of backing her in this adventure uh, because we see she's enjoying it. And and I'm certainly enjoying it. So we're having fun. We're seeing where it takes us. We don't we're not that serious. We're, We're serious in having her have a career. My career could end tomorrow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and so well through this are you subliminally dating like do you when you like do you feel like you're going on this dating journey with her no no i don't
2: want any part of her dates
0: no part <laughs> as of long her as
2: they're nice and i hear good things the next day that you always i mean nice you evening. always ask but oh, i always ask is he a nice fellow yeah. uh general things i don't want to know his name i don't want to know
0: what he does i don't really want to know very much except that hope you had a good time and so tell me like where we've, where have you got to now? Because we discussed this a long time ago, but where do you think so young people today? I know at any age, to be honest, I get asked this the whole time. You know, I hate that saying there are no good men, right? There are some good men. There are some great men. It's trouble. The trouble is I find that social media has made it too easy um, correct me, Grandma Gail, but I kind of think we've lost the sort of art of chivalry and we've become numbers, especially in New York City, so that people get to date two or three people at once. And, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, you're dating at such high capacity, you've forgotten who you've already been on a date with. That's um, true. That I do see happening. I see that a lot. And so I'm, you know, what how do... Would you suggest sort of people um, tackle this right now? How are you? Because you, I mean, you're a well brought up girl. You must want to get married at some point. You know, not right today, but like, you know, in the f- near future. And you're looking for Mr. More. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Right, not Mr. Right now. And it doesn't matter if you're divorced, you're single, or where you're from. Everybody's looking for the right person to connect with. How do you get that connection through an app?
1: Okay. Well, I think there are a few things there. One is I would always say to date more than one person at once, even though that might seem contrary to, you know, finding someone to settle down with. Because I think until you find someone who wants to commit to you and you want to commit to them, you should always have your eggs in multiple baskets. Because I think personally, maybe this is like toxic, but when I put hundred percent of my mind onto someone who isn't my boyfriend or we're not exclusive yet, that's just kind of going to bite me in the ass in the end because what if it doesn't work out and then I've wasted all of this time? That said, if you find somebody who you do like, the fear of, oh, what else is out there? What if there's somebody better? He's not perfect because of X, Y, Z. That might not be like a necessity in a relationship. That's when I think people can be a little bit, not picky, but like, looking for something that doesn't exist I guess.
0: Well this is what's so interesting as well by the way about the generational gap because you know you're having this conversation about dating multiple men at one time and then making your decision. Now in Grandma Gail's time there's no bloody way you could do that. But in your, well, in your-
2: No but I think Kimberly is also saying a different thing and Caroline. You're not really in a relationship yet. You're you're you really haven't committed to any of the dates. No, Once you say after a couple of dates, you know what? I really like this guy. Uh, I'm going to really put my eggs in one basket.
0: But it has can't be on a first or a second or a third date. I've understood that. But even back in 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 that in you the know, 50s and
1: 60s. Yeah, no, they did date like that, but there was no sexual was no relationship. Sexual relationship uh, so right. it wasn't looked as much as like, oh, my God, they're look they're going out with all these. But you say all the time you've dated multiple I, people. you yeah,
2: hate a guy on Thursday night, a different guy on Friday, and a different night on Saturday. And until I was ready to say, you know what, I'm going to go steady with one of them, which I did in several times in my short period of my 20s, then you eliminated the others. But until you got to that point where you felt that that was your boyfriend, put it that way, that was the
0: old word. for Oh, it, I your should boyfriend. have done more of that.
2: You were allowed to date and a matter of fact, it would have been ridiculous not to date. You were just going out for dinner and talking or going to a movie and talking and getting to know one another. I think what happens today is maybe from even the guy's point of view, after a second date, they want to go to bed. Now, that didn't happen in our
0: in our time frame. We didn't have. But, but even sexual... that's allowed now. You see, that's the problem. That's allowed now. And actually, if you're not going for dinner and having sex, then someone else is. And that is the problem. Yeah, but you can't feel pressured from that. If
2: you're if you're if you've got confidence in yourself, you don't have to do that. You really don't. You don't have to have sex on the second and third and fourth day uh, until somebody really is going to say, you know, I really want to spend time with you. I wouldn't have sex with them. I don't see any unless that's to-
1: all you're looking if you're not looking for a relationship, but, if but- you're looking
2: to have a night of sex, then you should do whatever you want. I mean, there's nothing against it. Nobody's going to c- condemn it today in today's society. But I don't think it's the same as saying good night. It should it should have still have a meaning. I don't believe sex is thanks for a great dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, and I firmly tell that to Kimberly. I'm not interested. The guy wants to have sex because he gave you a meal. Say goodbye. You can pay for your own meal. Mm-hmm. So I I do have that same feeling about it today. I don't. However, I do believe if you're committed to somebody and you really like them, then the next step is, yes, let's have a a sexual relationship. And then you're already thinking about different things. And you don't want to really date anybody else if that's going on. I don't think you can have sex with two people at the same time and say you're having a relationship. You're just having a night out then. And if that's what you want, that's fine also. I'm not I mean,
0: judging anymore. <laughs> I became non-judgmental, except with her. Well, that's funny, isn't it? Because the older we get, the less judgmental I that's think right. we that's get, right. and the less we care. Because we realize along the way, the less it all matters. And that's what's so funny, because you know you're so free later on in life um, with the way you feel. I was wondering actually how your mother is or she is towards your dating compared to your grandmother. Like, does she have this uh, sort of? same relaxed attitude or is your mother much stricter
1: it's pretty similar i mean they're like kind of clones of each other (laughs) which is why people say that like my mom really needs to be on camera somehow we're gonna Um, get her on i know but but, i mean you i guess she's if anything's a little pickier than you are yeah She's a little more judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's
2: picky is the word. She'll she'll be faster to make a negative comment. Right. Like if
1: I I, show a picture, you'll be like, oh, he looks nice. But like, did you have good conversation, whatever? Like if I show a picture to my mom, she'll be like ugly next. Well, that she, she likes much more of the of the looking.
2: Uh, phase of the whole thing and that that to me means very little because I know in five to ten years they lose their hair, they lose their whatever (laughs) and um, I I think you have to look more into whether you enjoy being with the person and do you have a
0: commonality of interests uh, which to me is very important. So what do you think has been your most successful dating tool like uh, in today's world now with the way it is? How do you find your men?
1: Hmm. Well, I wish I had the good answer because I haven't found someone yet that I have like settled down with, which, oh, I also wanted to comment before about the no good men that are yes. good out there comment, which I do feel like that sometimes. But then I also think like, OK, there's pl- there has to be plenty of great guys and there are plenty of great girls, but maybe they're not like finding each, each other. other like Like, or I can meet a really great guy, but he's just not the one for me. Like on paper, he's good, but we don't have that chemistry or whatever else is missing. So I think like the compatibility plays a really large role and you just have to, it's like a numbers game. I think you just have to keep going out until you find that match. But I don't know. I'll come back to you when I actually find someone (laughs) and have the answer. But my biggest thing that I've probably learned, especially from Grandma Gail is probably just to give someone at least two dates unless it was like a really bad date because it is hard to completely get the idea of someone and get to know someone from one hour of having a drink.
2: It's impossible. And everybody's nervous. I don't care if somebody's been around the block 400 times when it's a new date or a new evening out with somebody that, you know, you have to feel around. You have to understand where they're coming from, what their job is, what their likes are uh, half the time after a first date. You don't even remember their name. So I think you need to give somebody multiple evenings if you like them, if you find them repulsive and that he was nasty or she yeah, was. nasty. Then obviously, then, then but obviously. like if
1: after the date, you're like, OK, I had a good time or I like if you want to see them again, even a little bit, then I think you you have to
0: give them a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I always say men are like fungus. They grow on you.
2: That's exactly right. That's and I think the same thing with women, by the way. I think this is equally in today's world. I don't think it's a women's issue any longer. I think the same thing goes for men. There are 20 year olds and 30 year old men out there that are saying the same exact thing, just in reverse that they're not sure of who you are and that they're nervous as well. And I think it, it doesn't matter about the sex anymore.
0: No, I think we've all got so many choices um, available to us and the world is a very big place now that it's very scary. People, I think, I I mean, from what I kind of see from uh, the world, the the way it is today, a lot of my single girlfriends are still single, whereas my divorced girlfriends are getting remarried because I think, you know why? Because they're not as fussy. Yes. And they think too much. You have to say,
2: all right. So yeah. he, he doesn't, uh, doesn't play golf too well. That's fine. He can play tennis. I don't care. In other words, I, I think the, I have the same exact thing because I unfortunately have a lot of widowed friends who are now finding other husbands. And they're doing just fine. You know, it was the love of their life. They were married for several years, but now they're married again. And there are some women out there that were divorced when they were very young or widowed when, when they were, you know, in their early 30s, actually, I know two of them. And they can't find another guy because they're still comparing what their first love was. Now, that's not realistic because when you were 20, you were looking at different things in the world. You wanted to have a family. You wanted to do different different things. When you're, when you're 40, 50, 60, whatever, whatever, age 80, you, you're looking for different things. And I think so that also plays into the mix. And a 20-year-old has to think about, well, is this a guy or a woman that I'd like to have a family with? Is this somebody that I have commonality of values? Do I like her parents? Do I like his mother? I mean, because they're in the match they're in the they're in the relationship, whether you like it or not. Families tend to get into the the boy girl triangle very quickly and it becomes a triangle. I should say the duo becomes a triangle.
0: I mean, I always think about that overthinking, overanalyzing at this point in your life at 26, you know, which you're sort of, you know, You're still very young, obviously. And I'm um, there's no hurry. Absolutely no hurry. I'd like to stress that. But do you would you look at someone older, younger? How do you feel? Do you have that list? you mean for a date, like someone I would go out with? Well, a date with a potential, you know, would a, obviously a date is hopefully eventually long term, right? So yeah. would you date yeah. an older man? Because I'm, you know, a lot of people come into um, dating their dating life with a list of what they want. They has to be, you know, this religion. He can't have kids. You know, I don't want to divorcee. I don't. Do
1: you have that list? You? Yes. Age wise, as a 26 year old, I think I would go one year younger to like 10 or 11 years older. I know, Caroline, you have a younger man, obviously. But if I went 10 years younger, they would be 16 at this point. <laughs> so like good. that wouldn't work for me. But maybe down the line, I think like be going I don't to jail. It depends, like when I find someone. So <laughs> or it's somebody
2: as handsome as her husband. Exactly.
1: So it's not really about that. It's more just like at this point, anyone, any guy younger than 26, I think is going to be pretty immature. Obviously, there's exceptions and like you can be a really old soul
2: in so their life to really settle down. I think a 20, you know, a or they're told that they
1: shouldn't Well,
2: or they're just starting their careers off. They're just starting. Well, their well that's lives. different. It uh, depends or if or a you want 26 year old girl. Most of the girls already know where their career is. They've already gotten out of school. They're sort of on a path and um, they'll go that way. Women are somehow are much steadier. <laughs> I, th- I think they're not as all over the place. And a 26 year old guy usually doesn't act like a 26 year old, usually acts like a 21 year old.
0: It's difficult. I mean there's definitely a difference. I mean I if you had told me I would be marrying a well he was 24 when I met him, I would have um laughed in your face. But I think there are exceptions to the rule and as I said Sergio I think because of playing soccer and traveling so much probably got you know, had to grow up quite fast. But you're absolutely right, because I look at other 20. I mean, even just I remember on one of our first or second dates going out with some of his friends, I had I almost had a heart attack. I had to leave the dinner table because they looked, literally looked like children and acted like yeah. children. And then I had to separate it in my head that they that they were different humans. This is also a
2: second marriage. That's yes. a, the viewers should understand that this would not have been the same thing with the first marriage. So I think what what you're doing now is fabulous. Every woman's fantasy would be having a guy like your husband. But I think uh, you already have children and you're in a different place, whereas a 26-year-old starting out might not want to go to that
0: place. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like um, you would want someone already established, his life is set, you know, that you feel... Not you, Grandma Gay. <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> no, You've been married for 60 years. You don't have to. <laughs> married for 60 years. I don't know. I don't think it's
2: established at 26 or 30. I think, uh, to me, marriage is a de- is a developing relationship. And you start out perhaps at A and end up at Z with a, with a person. Uh, but you have to like the same things to get to that end.
1: I think I would prefer someone a little bit more established. But I don't know what that's based off of. Maybe I'm being... Judging because just thinking like, okay if I'm having drinks with my girlfriends and they're like, oh, you met someone new. I'm like, yeah, he's figuring out his job situation that wouldn't come off as good as yeah. Like, I don't know if you heard he like started this fund and blah, 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 blah. Like there's something like that feels good about
2: mantle in your group.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's just like a societal thing that I should get over myself. But I guess like if I'm going to be honest, I probably would like someone who like has direction already.
2: Direction is the word. I think knows where he's going. It doesn't it's not a monetary thing, right? That he's got a path because if you don't have a path at 30, you probably won't have a path at 40. It really it's it's really a maturity type of thing that shouldn't be. You know, it's one thing at 18, 19. You don't know where you're going by the time you're 30. Uh, you're already out there and you should know basically what you want to do. I all for young marriages, so I believe in it still, but I believe in it less than I used to believe in it because I think it just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, Families don't want it. Families don't want their sons to marry at 22, 23, and they don't want their daughters to marry at that age either. They want them to go out and experience life. And I think that actually is a good thing
0: i agree i'm I'm not keen on my kids getting married early and if if i was um if my sons came home with a forty three year old at twenty four i'd have i'd shoot them so you know and that's the that's it, but it is all society right so I was brought up that my husband had to be a certain way i was a debutante you know like the dream would have been a the banker and the this and the that and I was in such a hurry to get married that it really didn't i i equate it to musical chairs. Like literally, we're all running around the same parties in London, trying to get the same group of men. And slowly each one's going. And suddenly you're like, shit, I'm the last one. And everyone's grabbing the chair. And you're like, and, and that's what kind of happens. And it's not to say, my God, I hope my ex-husband isn't listening. He wasn't the <laughs> last chair. But you're, you're just kind of like, you don't think enough. You don't really that's think that's part enough. of being young,
2: Carolina. <laughs> I think that's an, you realize it now. But at the t- when you're living it, I don't think you realize that's really what's happening. I, yeah. I really think that's just the way it is when you're t- in your 20s. That seems to be what your desire is, you but, know, that yeah. every, your friends. I think are, it's
1: pressure, though, maybe because yeah, it be societal like, pressure or yeah, just your if you see that your friends are doing it and if your parents are constantly is, telling that, you that, that it's, like, it's like it's that
0: simple. If you see your friends are doing it, all your friends one by one, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it's that. And that's so sad because at the end of the day, also, by the way, you know, I want to teach my children that that, that there's really nothing wrong with divorce. Because the moment you're not happy, nobody has to be anywhere they don't want to be anymore. And, you know, along with everything else, as you know, Gail, you, you must have changed quite a few times in your life.
2: Well, I uh, think that's a that's a very different. Yeah, and Carolyn, you bring up a very good point. And that's one of the reasons why I do believe because we did not, uh, most of my friends didn't. I think living together prior to getting married is a very important, essential thing because you see things when you're dating, everybody is happy, everybody puts their shoes away, everything is perfect. When you live together for a couple of months or a period of time, you see people's real character, we hope anyway, and you can see whether this is something you can really live with. Now, I must say the idea of getting divorced when I got married, was something that we didn't ever want to do. But so many of my friends very early on did because the 70s came about and women's lip came about and they realized they weren't having the most fun. Uh, but I don't think you should ever go into a marriage thinking that if you're not happy for a, for two weeks, that divorce is an option. There has to be an understanding that people do change. And you have to say, well, you know, I I'm changing and my husband is changing. Can we change together and make it a, a make it a, a still a fit? Because nobody remains the same. I know, you know, things happen in everyone's life that makes people change their reactions to things. Yeah, so, uh, I think
1: it's important, though, that you have this podcast and have these discussions right. like trying to destigmatize divorce, right. because Yes, of course, like we all know some, most of my friends' parents are probably divorced, honestly, at this point. But there's still a little fear around it. Yeah, like everyone's like, I thing. don't Yeah, it's
2: not a good thing. Children don't love their parents getting divorced. Uh, right. You know, it's still traumatic. You can make it as good as you can make it by making it not argumentative and not hostile and um, having families try to keep all the different units together so that there's some normalcy for the child or the children. But, you know, you shouldn't go into marriage thinking you're going to get divorced if you're not happy the first minute. But if you're miserable, nobody should stay together anymore. There's no longer that thing where, oh, no, you have to stay no matter what. So that I agree with Karen. You do, you know, say, listen, if it doesn't work out, and you're miserable after a year or so of trying, then you leave. But you shouldn't go into a relationship, a relationship thinking that's the way it's going to end or a marriage.
0: Not the way it's going to end, but just saying that, you know, It's not the end of the world if it does happen because there are options because what I think happens is people, well, a lot of people don't want to get married because of exactly that. They think there is no option. Therefore, oh my God, it's not like I love this woman and she could be perfect for me, but what if it doesn't work and I'm stuck with her for the next 80 years, which means you can't relax. Right. And there's so much pressure on it. And remember back in the day, people were dying at 50, not a hundred. So, you know, And to say that you're going to meet someone at 26 and stay with them till you're 100 is one hell of a scary thought, right? So So listen, I'm
2: doing it. I'm living it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you're living it. I think
2: you're absolutely right. It's just part of life. I mean, people do it. And um, you just have to get if you have if you have respect for each other in a relationship and and love. You managed to do it. Not everything is going to be perfect. And I can't believe even with your relationship
0: and, and with a younger man who's very, very attractive. Not every day is Christmas. Oh, my so, God. I literally was having an argument on the way in here. We argue about different stuff, but we argue. definitely. But everybody does. That, so that's very normal. People shouldn't be afraid of that. It's funny because actually the generational gap for us is what works. Weirdly, because that's the thing I think everyone used to say. I mean, that's having said that, I still, you know, I I still look okay. Who knows in 20 years? But that's all right, too. You know, like I'm very open and we we talk about lots of things and he's uh, very relaxed as a person. But, you know, the generational gap is not what we argue about. Because, and, and everybody, as I said, was, that was the one thing that they were like, well, what are you going to have in common? You're not even going to like the same music. And, you know, it's, I mean, it was hilarious. I did do this thing on um, Instagram where people were peeing themselves because I took him through the 80s movies, like everything from Ghost to Top, he hadn't seen Top Gun for Christ's sake. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, you know, those kind of things. But that also is what's funny and what keeps us laughing. Whereas I think when I was uh, your age, Kim, and I was in my 20s, I wanted exactly what you wanted. I wanted the serious relationship. I thought I wanted, you know, the serious man who went to the office and was like, you know, talking to me and sort of, you know, business terms. And I could just sit there and hang off his words. And now I just don't. I just don't. I just want my friend. I just want to do everything and have a laugh because life is bloody serious. And we have so much that we have to do and so many things that we have to pay for and responsibilities and things that we can't get out of that. If my relationship is brutal, too, and very grown up, then I just, I think it's just all too much. I want to come home and kick off my shoes and do silly things. I don't want to go back into, you know, work mode or stress mode or, you know, life mode, even, you know, even having children, three kids in three different directions is the most stressful thing on the planet. So unless you have someone that, you know, alleviates that or makes you laugh, because at most stages of your life, your young kids hate you every day, But I think but I think that's part of of understanding what life is about. And we
2: can't every day isn't, as I was saying, isn't perfect. But if you have a good person with you on your side, alongside of you, not every day is going to be a perfect day. But if more days are perfect than not, then that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I think and that's a whole different thing. I think we don't need to worry about that at 26. I think what you need to worry about at 26 or 46 or whatever is Do you enjoy being with the person? Is it fun? Uh, Is it interesting? Does it make my mind expand a little? Is he saying something that maybe, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'd like to get into that too. Those are the things that in the long run keep a relationship together. If, if a man is going to say, keep deep heart, if he's going to say, this is my work, I'm never going to involve you and you do your work and I'm never going to involve you, then there's nothing to talk about. So at the dinner table. So I think it's fun if you both enjoy listening to each other's perhaps very different careers, but still listening and learning from it and learning and ex- being excited for each other on different levels but you need to have some kind of feeling wow he's doing something great wow i'm doing something great
0: and enjoy each- talking to each other about it what's the number one thing you look for kim
1: probably that connection because i feel like what we're talking about of finding that someone who like can expand your mind or, or make you laugh like that jenna sequoia like i feel like the things that are on paper that i could say of like someone who it like is, I don't know, loyal or responsible or well off or whatever it is, like all of those things a million people have. So I think my main goal when I'm like going out with someone is do I have that other thing? And that is what is really, really hard
2: he make you smile does he make it does is it a gr- not
1: I like fakes I feel like people think that I'm having the best time ever on all my dates which is probably why they call me back a lot of the time of I'm, I'm just like everything they say is funny everything but it's like fake a little bit well, one one day though somebody will say something funny and you'll like it. I know but I'm like waiting to actually <laughs> laugh I like I am a lot of I'm a great actress <laughs> but you see I I was the same at your age and I think
0: and and that's slightly a disaster because we get so used to becoming what we think the person in front of us needs us to be and that only comes later with age because you know with age you don't really care as, as what they think that, that you think that they need you you don't need to cook you don't need to be yeah. you know everything to everyone and the problem is when you're trying to oppress a guy in your 20s you try to be everything to everyone and i think that that's my biggest advice to you, Kevin, you're dating. That's good is to, advice,
2: Carolyn. I like it.
0: Yeah. Stop like doing it. that. I think once you stop doing that and really, uh, you know, stop laughing if you really don't think he's that funny. And, or just and, stop
2: dating him if you don't think he's yeah. that
0: funny.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Instead of like giving someone 10 dates could be (laughs) cut. Yeah. I was
2: back
0: to three. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I was doing that for a while too. Honestly, this is more helpful than therapy. Thank you, Caroline. We haven't even gotten to that yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I always think chatting things through with people that have been through everything. And that's what, you know, this podcast really is for. Our listeners are sort of every age and I get all these letters all the time. And you know, dating in this world today, as we've all said, it's, it's scary. It's scary for anyone. It does. I don't care if you're 26, 46, 56, we're all going through the same thing. Everyone puts on their best item of clothing. Everyone puts the best, best picture on their profile. Everyone lies a little. And at the end of the day, you know, I wish I could say to you all, don't go in with less expectation because, you know, then you are never really let down. And just say, in a way kind of go in saying, well, even if it doesn't work, I I can make a friend. And then it takes the pressure off the date because I find the date has such a big word. And it's like the anticipation and the everything else. And it's like Christmas, isn't it? It's like you know, Valentine's Day, you're sort of everyone's gearing up for it. And then it's always a bit like a bit flat. Yeah, I (laughs) know people
1: feel that way. Like I see my anxiety is never a first date because I put on the Kim show where I'm going to laugh and do all those things. It's I don't know if other people would relate to this, but for me, it's always like the second date where I'm like, okay, well, we already went through where I'm from and where I went to school. And now I have to actually like. Talk to someone and see like, if we have chemistry, it's not just like an interview. So for me, it's like second date anxiety, and I guess we we touched on maybe how to get rid of that a little bit, but that's like what I'm trying to figure out still. Well we I
0: mean, have I a think,
2: long way to go. Yeah. yeah.
0: We have a long way to go. I mean, I think everyone goes through anxiety and dating. I don't think we're ever going to get over it. I think that, you know, this world has made it, as I said, a little more complicated, not easier. So thank you for coming on and um, telling us all about navigating this um, very complicated world, but at least you've got uh, Grandma Gail by your side to help never you She's Never going to be alone.
2: <laughs> yes, that's the well, problem. The guy that's going to get two for one.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. She's never going to be alone. Grandma Gail, you're hilarious. I wish you'd been around when I was dating. Absolutely. My mother, my father, I never told them anything. So this is so refreshing to see. I Honestly, it's so lovely, your relationship. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for coming on Divorce Not Dead and telling everybody your story. Thanks for
1: having us.
0: Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action.